I'm Jake. And I'm Benny. And welcome to episode 21 of Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. In what seemed to be an uneventful week in the NFL, it was anything but. We have storylines in development as well as a blockbuster trade that we'll discuss shortly on episode 21 of Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. So to kick off this week, we're going to go into the biggest news by far. Stafford has been traded to the Rams for two first round picks and Goff. Uh, And honestly, Goff was very happy to be out of there. Yeah, I think he had some. I think he had some issues with Sean McVay. I heard they had like some issues in like the team group chat or something. I think Jared Goff like made a remark or two about his girlfriend. So I mean, that was obviously that was obviously going to crumble anyway. So it's a good thing to see Jared Goff out of that situation and being able to bring in Matt Stafford. That's huge for the Rams. Yeah, and then uh, Goff. Uh... He said that he was just getting disrespected all the time. People, his own teammates would talk down on him and he's happy to be out of there. But uh, who's the real winner of this trade? I honestly think Detroit is. I think the Rams are the winners now, but in the future, the Lions, if their coaching hits their picks right, I think that the Lions will win the trade in the future. Absolutely. I think this honestly will benefit both teams. Uh, The Rams are just a good quarterback away from being a good team. Or they were already good, but from being a great team. And then uh, I think Goff just needs a change of environment. He's still a young quarterback. He can still develop. Yeah, he kind of... He kind of... He had a high ceiling, and he got to a certain peak and never progressed past that. Exactly. I don't know if something was holding him back, but hopefully... I don't know. I don't really have high hopes for him in Detroit, but hopefully he can prove me wrong. So uh, Sherman and Gruden have been talking, and Sherman is interested in joining the Raiders. I think he just needs to retire, honestly. Yeah, Richard Sherman's kind of, I don't know. Ever since Tyreek Hill carved him up in the Super Bowl, that's when I knew, you know, this man this man is an old, injured dog. Like, he, he just needs to go. He's a Hall of Famer already. He has nothing else to prove. Honestly. Uh, he's probably top 20 cornerbacks of all time. Uh, he just needs to hang up the cleats already. Uh, the Saints are interested in re-signing Winston. I don't know with what money they plan on doing that with. Nope, they're 100 mil in debt. cap debt. But uh, honestly, that's a good move. I think Winston needs another chance. Uh, he got taught by Breeze over the season. And also he got that eye surgery, which should hopefully help him not throw 30 picks again. Yeah, He did have that trick play in the playoffs that yeah. led to a 51-yard touchdown pass and that was the longest touchdown pass of the same season yep so hopefully hopefully it turns around so this next piece of news i want to talk about a little bit more uh this the falcons are expecting to keep ryan and jones uh i don't like that i think they need to get rid of both matt ryan and uh julio jones Uh, i mean i would i would say that they need to get rid of julio jones if julio jones is unhappy being there but it seems that he's kind of comfortable in the situation and kind of with what they got going on at this point in his career i think it's in julio's best interest to stay with the falcons he's also already going to be a hall of famer like he's a really good wide receiver one of the best in the league definitely definitely one of if not the best wide receiver in the league right now Um, Matt Ryan, I could see them moving on from. It would make sense. I mean, Matt Ryan was leading the NFL in passing yards for like five weeks straight this season. But I just don't think it's there anymore. I think the chemistry is gone. It's burnt out between Matt Ryan and the Falcons. And maybe it's best for him to move on to somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, right now, I just don't see Julio Jones. I don't see the Falcons winning a Super Bowl with Julio Jones right now. Uh, Julio Jones gave gave a lot to this franchise. I think just it would be the best thing just to trade him away because they're not winning the Super Bowl anytime soon. 
Uh, they need to start thinking about their future because they have a lot of old players, uh, Gurley, Ryan Jones, and a few other guys. A lot of they're not a young team by any means. Yeah, no, the Falcons are kind of the retirement home of the NFL right now. So while Jones is still a good player, I think they need to get rid of him before he starts regressing really bad. Uh, Matt Ryan's already kind of regressing. Uh, they just need. To, I think they need to get rid of a lot of these old guys and just get a lot of draft picks and start getting ready for the future. That's understandable. Uh, Watkins is expected to re-sign with the Chiefs. Uh, I don't did, know. He did decent over the season. Yeah, he had a decent season with them. Uh, solid third wide receiver. Uh, the Texans, they are demanding a lot for Watson. Now, we talked last week about Watson quite a bit, and we know that the Texans do not want to trade him. So these demands make sense for that reason. If they are going to trade him, they need a lot for him. They are expected to, tr- to trade him for two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and two young defensive stars. Now, I don't think any t- one team can just pull this off. Yeah, I mean, I was saying earlier that Deshaun Watson is worth everything. Like, if I had to ship out my whole offense or my whole defense for Deshaun Watson, I would. But it's not realistic. Mm. And especially in this sense, it's just not the realistic thing to do. Yeah, he's worth he's worth the world, I think. But realistically, that type of trade can't that just can't happen. Yeah, if you're trading for him, you're giving away your future. Basically, that's four very early picks in this year's draft, and that's two of your young defensive futures. Like for me, this is not a good move. Um, I don't know what teams could even pull this off. Uh, I just—they're not going to trade him. I don't think that I'm gonna—that we're gonna see Watson getting traded anytime soon. Yeah, I think he's sticking in Houston. Unfortunately, yeah, it's, they don't want to get rid of him. Uh, but Watson does want to leave really bad, so I'm not sure about the whole entire situation. I do want to see him go because I think the Texans are just gonna ruin his career. Uh, if you guys don't know, they hired a new head coach, and he is awful. When he was the wide receiver coach for the Chiefs in 2014, their wide receiver core managed to have zero touchdowns between all of them. And then uh, this season, he was the Ravens offensive coordinator, and they were the worst passing offense in the league. Uh, I do not know how this man still has a job. I'm 99% sure he's going to be next season's Adam Gase. Yeah, I don't understand how. Uh, I don't understand how he went from a position coach in KC to an offensive coordinator to the Ravens, and he did terrible both years. <laughs> yeah, he did terrible, and then all of a sudden he's a head coach. Like, what would it? What are the Texans thinking? Like Doug Peterson at the least is still out there. Yeah, I don't. I really don't understand that. Uh, the Texans are an, they're an awful franchise. A horrible front office room. I just don't understand. But something that makes me happy about them is they're going to respect Watts' decision to leave. He wants to go into free agency. They're not going to try to trade him. They're just going to let him go. He wants to. He wants to decide where he goes. He said. As he should. Yeah, uh, Watt gave up a lot for the city. Uh, he's been there in a lot of bad years and a lot of good years. So I do want to see Watt get one Super Bowl. I think his best chance is Pittsburgh if they get their quarterback situation sorted out. Uh, but honestly, good for Watt. I am very happy that the Texans are respecting that decision. Now, talking about Pittsburgh for a second, um, it did come out that Ben Roethlisberger is going to take a team-friendly deal. Um In my opinion, this is not the right move. I think Pittsburgh just needs to move on from Ben Roethlisberger. He's not, he's not producing at that level anymore. And honestly, from what we saw this season, he's just gonna go. He's just gonna regress further. And Pouncey already retired. He might as well go with him. You know, a team-friendly deal for uh, for Big Ben is him just leaving. Honestly, Uh, Big Ben he had a great career. Definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer, but. 
he's just not that good anymore. You guys saw in the playoffs, he had a he didn't how many interceptions? Four or five? He had four touchdowns, four interceptions. Like that was just an awful game. Uh, I don't mind Big Ben as a player. I really don't. But I just feel like he needs to retire. His career is coming to an end. Might as well retire while you're still at your peak. You don't, yeah, you while don't wanna, you don't yeah. want to stoop low. You don't want to just regress horribly. You don't want to pull a Brett Favre. Exactly. Um, some more quarterback news. Aaron Rodgers is expected to stay. Uh, their head coach has said that, he, that he's very confident he's going to stay. I can see that. I think Aaron Rodgers does like Green Bay, despite all the disappointing playoff losses. I think he's happy there. What do you think they're going to do about Jordan Love? That was such a dumb mistake. That was such a dumb decision. I still cannot get over the fact they'd use their first round draft pick on a quarterback while they had Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, not only that, but this was the deepest wide receiver class we've seen in years. Oh, yeah. This is by far the best in a long time. Like Brandon Ayuk, Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, the list goes on. Plenty of wide receivers. Uh, Jalen Rager, Henry Ruggs. I mean, you could have snagged any of these receivers and you traded up. To get a quarterback. To get a quarterback while having an MVP caliber Super Bowl winning quarterback as your starter. I mean... I get maybe they're expecting him to slip off or something, and maybe they're just thinking of their future. But you do use sorry. No, you're fine. But like the this year, this year would make sense if they were to get a quarterback. They're talking four quarterbacks going in the first round this year, and then maybe another two in the second round. I think this year would have been better if they were even thinking of moving on from Aaron Rodgers. I, I still do not understand why they decided not to go for a wide receiver. Also, if you're just going to get a quarterback to scare your starting quarterback, why would you trade up in the draft for that? I know, you're just sacrificing And I so guarantee much. Jordan Love would be available in the second or third round. There were still so many better quarterbacks than Jordan Love in that point. Uh, that is one of the worst draft picks I think I've ever seen in my life. I know. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Jordan Love because... You can't just draft a quarterback in the first round and then sit him for his like yeah. for like two to three years. If anything, this would it would make sense for him to play this year. But um, I feel bad for Jordan Love too because even though I just said that he like wasn't the best, he's not one of the best. He still he was still a first round. Yeah, he was still a first like, rounder. If you're a first round quarter uh, quarterback, you're expected to play. Uh, the Packers aren't just like hurting Aaron Rodgers; they're also hurting Jordan Love's career with this. Yeah, I mean they either need to throw him out this year or throw him out next year. I mean, the time's taken for Jordan Love. Yeah, definitely. So the last piece of news for you guys, uh, Schottenheimer does have a job. He was hired by the Jaguars. Uh, I don't like this because I'm a Seahawks fan and I didn't know he wasn't that good of a coordinator. Uh, but hopefully he finds some kind of success over in Jacksonville. I mean, yeah, no, you, you ran a horrible offense over in Seattle. I mean, I mean, I guess at the start it was solid. So he has that in his resume, but overall just not good. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, but again, wish the best for him over there. So I don't have any weird stats for you guys this week, but I'm going to go to Devontae Adams for my first one. Devontae Adams had as many receiving touchdowns this season, 20 including the playoffs, than Michael Thomas has had in the last three seasons combined. Uh, for me, this really just cements Devontae Adams as the best wide receiver in the league. I've been saying this probably since about the halfway point of the season. Devontae Adams saved me in fantasy multiple times, and I honestly think that he deserves to be named as the best in the league. Uh, I would normally put him a receiver like this at Offensive Player of the Year, but I just got to go with Henry for that. 
Uh, but regardless, Devontae Adams, he had an amazing season. Uh, I'm pretty sure he probably would have broken NFL record if he was healthy for the whole season. Uh, just the fact that he had 20 uh, touchdowns in the whole entire season while being injured for three games, I believe, is just amazing. That's all. Yeah. Uh, I feel, yeah, I really do think that Devontae Adams is the best in the league. And then uh, one more stat for you guys, uh, Chiefs, uh, sorry, it's so Buccaneers related. Each of the last seven Super Bowls have featured a starting quarterback who played for the Patriots at some point in their career. Uh, Tom Brady, Jimmy G, and Cam Newton were those, I believe. Uh, this just shows that the Patriots, they have good quarterbacks. Uh, they produced Jimmy G, which uh, he went to the Super Bowl last year. They produced Tom Brady, which is the best quarterback of all time. Uh, they didn't produce Cam Newton, but uh, I don't really want to talk about Newton. He had a bad season, uh, but can you really blame him? The O-line wasn't good. He had no wide receivers. So hopefully the Patriots can get back on that next season because uh, the, the Chiefs are the next Patriots, I believe. And just having any team to stop that would really help out. So to go on this week's hot take segment, I'm going to go right into mine. I think that, I think that this is going to be the best offseason in NFL history. If you're not the Chiefs, Seahawks, Ravens, Bills, Browns, or a few other teams, and you are worried about your quarterback, I think almost more than half of the league is worried about their quarterback this offseason. I mean, there's so many teams that are just indefinite on who they're going to sign. I see the Bucks are even unsure on their quarterback situation. Uh, you look at the Patriots, the, the Dolphins even. The Jaguars. The Jaguars, the Jets. The Jets there's so many. You go over to the Niners. The, the Colts. The Colts, yeah. I mean, uh, the Rams just got theirs taken care of, so that's one less team. But there's so many teams this offseason that don't have a like certain quarterback yet. So I just think there's going to be a ton of trades. There's going to be a ton of free agency pickups. And then, as you said, this is one of the best quarterback classes for a draft in a long time. We're going to see a lot of teams switch quarterbacks. We're going to see a lot of new quarterbacks in the league. We're going to see a lot of old quarterbacks. And honestly, I'm super excited. And also, there's a lot of players that are just not sure on their contracts. Look at the Saints. are going to have to cut a lot of people because of their uh, cap situation. Um, like you said about quarterbacks, though, I mean, it's crazy that we're about to go into a really in-depth quarterback draft as well. I mean, you got Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. And I think there's a couple in the second round as well. But... I mean, each of these guys has a realistic shot of being one of the league's best. Yeah, it's, it's just going to be an insane offseason. There's going to be a lot of moves, and I'm super excited for it. I'm honestly more excited for the offseason than I am for next season. Let's go ahead and talk about next season, actually. I think, all right, here's my hot take. I think Matthew Stafford is going to have one of his best seasons, and I think he's going to take the Rams to the playoffs. Now, as a Seahawks fan, I am terrified of Matthew Stafford. Uh... This is arguably the best receiving core that Matt Stafford's had since Megatron. And, yeah, and it's his best defense. I mean, yeah, the defense, that was the number one ranked defense going into the postseason. He has a real defense for once. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to play with worry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he has good receiving core. The O-line is honestly pretty solid. Uh, so I think that, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Let's talk Super Bowl. Uh, how do you think this is going to turn out? Uh, I don't know. Now, we talked about it last week. There's a lot of benefits and a lot of disadvantages going into these teams. Uh, I had a whole week to think about it, and I still don't know, man. I Looking at you. these two, this is a dream quarterback matchup. You've got the, the GOAT going up against the potential GOAT. You have old school versus new school. It's going to be 
hopefully an explosive game. I want it to be highly offensive. I don't want any defense in this game at all. I want to, I want to feel like I'm watching a college football game. Uh, is that going to happen? Probably not. Uh, but my final prediction, I have the Chiefs winning 31 to 28. Yeah, the Chiefs winning 31 to 20. I could honestly say the same thing, to be honest. Uh, after having a week to think about it on my own, uh, I still, I still stand with the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Honestly. Um, powerful team they're an upcoming dynasty and it just makes sense to me i mean like you said there are advantages and disadvantages um that go into both teams but i think at the end of it all the chiefs win that battle this is what i think is how it's going to end i think it's going to be tied going into the very last minute or so of the game it's going to be fourth down and i can see the chiefs going for it and getting a first down just to make that field goal and i see i see them winning because the chiefs are risk takers like that uh, yeah, and their game against the Browns where they needed that fourth and goal where they expected no play to be made. They, they still made the yeah, play. They flipped it up to Tyree Kill and he got it. I mean, this is a team that's not afraid to take risks. It's a team that is not afraid to do trick plays. They ran a trick play when they went against the Buccaneers this year. Um, it did not work out, but who's to say that they won't try it again? Yeah, I have Tyree Kill getting that catch to set up the game-winning field goal uh honestly this could be one of the best super bowls i mean it's, it could be a great way to start off this new decade of football I'm, I'm excited for it yeah the potential's through the roof for this game uh besides that there's not really any news surrounding this uh scotty miller the bucks wide receiver is talking about how he thinks he could beat tyree kill in a race and tyree kill said he wants to set up a race between them during halftime I have Tyreek Hill in that race. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, Scotty Mill. I mean, like, props to you. I mean, he, I mean, he is fast. He's he's a fast guy, but you're going Ty- against a cheetah. That's yeah. his nickname. Yeah, you're going against Cheetah. Uh, Tyreek Hill, fastest guy in the league right now. I mean, burning corners constantly. Like, I don't know. I got if if that does happen, unless uh, Scotty Miller dunks and dives, I think Tyreek Hill's going to win that race. Oh yeah, definitely. So to end this week of uh, the podcast, we're going to go into our top 10 Super Bowls of all time. It's a fitting way to go into Super Bowl week, and we're excited for this list. So number 10, we have uh, Super Bowl 13, uh, the Steelers and Cowboys. The final score is 35 to 31. Uh, this game was really important because it the Steelers were the first franchise to acquire three Super Bowl rings, and they became a dynasty at this point. Uh, since this game, they've added three more titles, including one the following season, and they became the most decorated team in the Super Bowl era. Yeah, definitely, definitely a great way to decorate the whole franchise as a whole. That was definitely, it was a, a high scoring game, game too. High scoring 35 to 31. That's something that we kind of hope for this year. I exactly. Mean, a nice close game would be nice. So uh, Super Bowl 43 is our number nine spot. It was a great game. Uh, Steelers and Cardinals. Final score is 27 to 23. Steelers won. And yeah, they won their sixth Super Bowl. Uh, I felt bad for Larry Fitzgerald in this one. Now, I rewatched it a few weeks ago, knowing we were going to do a list like this. And Larry Fitzgerald, he had a good game, but that last game winning touchdown by uh, Holmes, that was just insane. Uh, The toe drag was there. Everything about that play was amazing. Yeah, that's honestly the only memorable thing. Um, It's kind of like 
Uh, it's kind of like another Super Bowl we'll discuss later. So our number eight spot is uh, Super Bowl three. It's the Jets and Colts. Final score is 16 to seven. This victory kind of helped transform the AFL and NFL World Championship into the game we call the Super Bowl. Uh, Namath went down as a New York celebrity. He, uh, everybody loved Namath this time, but the Jets have had no success ever since then. Unfortunately. There's a theory about this whole thing that Namath uh, sold his soul to the devil in order to get a Super Bowl win. And since that, because of that, there's always a curse on Jets quarterbacks. As well as the Jets franchise as a whole. And I mean, he hasn't outright said no about it. So <laughs> yeah. Who knows? So on uh, number seven, uh, Super Bowl 36, the Patriots and Rams final score is 20 to 17. So this Super Bowl is really important because it's the it, it's what set up the Patriots dynasty. Now they ended a potential Rams dynasty and they set up their own. So since then they won five Super Bowls and they uh, they established themselves as probably the best franchise of all time. Honestly, yep, led by Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, a phenomenal duo in the postseason. Obviously with their six Super Bowl wins and. How many appearances? Like, uh, Tom Brady's had 10 now, but nine with the Patriots. Yeah. So nine appearances and six wins, that's insane. Yeah. So uh, this Super Bowl was amazing just because of this last play, uh, Super Bowl 34. Uh, the final score was 23 to 16. The Rams beat the Titans. Now, what makes this Super Bowl so good is just the ending of it. Now, our next pick has a much more heartbreaking ending. But this one, uh, he was inches away from getting that touchdown to win the game for them. Uh, get the Titans their first Super Bowl, I believe. Yep. But he was barely short. He reached his arm out. He made all the effort he could, but came up one yard short. One shout out yard to the Rams. short. Nobody talks about it, but shout out to that Rams defender for clutching up. Right yeah, there. without that guy right there, that would have been the Titans Super Bowl and the Rams. Yeah. But that was just an amazing Super Bowl, definitely worthy of our sixth spot. Yeah, um, not to mention the Rams coach, Dick Vermeil, retired after the season, and he turned the head coach job over to Mike Martz. The Rams returned to the Super Bowl two years later, but ended up losing to the Patriots. Yep. Super Bowl 49 takes our fifth spot. Now, this may be a surprise for some of you guys that's not our first spot. Uh, you guys know the story. Patriots won 20 to 24. Um, yeah, came down Super to Bowl. That. yeah, it came down to that last play. I mean, Seahawks should have ran it in. Yeah, I hear about this every single, every single, I, I, I hear about this at least once a week from all my friends and this Super Bowl, it ended the Seahawks potential dynasty. Uh, Legion of Boom was probably the second greatest defense of all time. Yep, it was at its peak for sure. Yeah, it was amazing. The offense was clicking. Uh, they had the number one running back in the league and you guys know what happened. Uh, heartbreaking interception on the goal line that still haunts me to this day yeah, you but have, you have a, not even to mention the play to set up that play oh was that was run, on it that was a run by marshawn lynch yeah but then the play before that was honestly regarded as one of the best like it was an amazing catch uh uh curse had an amazing catch to set them up down in the red zone uh, it's just a shame they couldn't end the game with the success. Because, uh, you know, if they did get that win, that, that play would still be on film today, yep. for sure. That would have gone down as one of the most clutch Super Bowl moments. But unfortunately, they called a pass on the one-yard line and threw an interception by Super Bowl hero Malcolm <laughs> Butler. Uh, going into that play, so a lot of people are curious why they did it. I mean... If you're the Seahawks, you're expecting, or if you're the Patriots, you're expecting a run play right now. Uh, you have the best, you're, the team you're playing is the best running back in the league. And who wouldn't run the ball right there? Not the Seahawks, they decided to do a pass. Uh, now, everyone talks about how like bad of a decision it was by Pete Carroll, 
But nobody really gives credit to Butler now. That was a very, he wanted that ball more than Lockett right there. Uh, Butler, he made the play right there. That was probably, that's an insane interception. He put all he had into that and it paid off now. Wish it, he wish it didn't happen like that, but it was a great Super Bowl nonetheless. Our fourth pick is Super Bowl 23. Uh, the Niners and Bengals, the final score was 20 to 16, Niners won. Uh, in the locker room after the game, the Niners coach Bill Walsh announced his retirement. He left the Niners with three Super Bowl victories and 10 wins in 14 postseason games. That's definitely one of the best resumes yeah. for our head coach. I mean, you can't ask anything better than that. Um, ending the 80s with uh, with a Super Bowl win, it's a great feat for Bill Walsh. Yeah, uh, that cemented them as the best team of the 80s, without a doubt. Uh, the Niners, they've been kind of iffy since then. But yeah, that was a really good Super Bowl. It was super close until the very end. So uh, Super Bowl 25 takes our third spot. Uh, the final score is uh, 20 to 19. The Giants beat the Bills by one point. Now, if you guys don't know, the Bills went back to back four times and lost every single time. The Buffalo Bills. Yep, most disappointing playoff team probably ever just because of those four seasons alone. I was kind of hoping that they were gonna make it to the Super Bowl this year just to see if they would have lost. That would have been such a crazy story to listen to. Yep, uh, the Giants won Bill Parcell's second ring five years. The Giants had won Bill Parcell's second ring in five years and cemented his status as a premier coach and team builder. Uh, the Bills returned the next three Super Bowls, of course, but wouldn't do any better. Uh, they lost to the Redskins twice, I believe, and then the Cowboys once. And ever since then, Buffalo has just been... They've been known as a four-time loser. Yep, but hopefully they'll change that up soon. But yeah, that was an amazing Super Bowl. So uh, Super Bowl uh, 42 takes their second spot now. This Super Bowl, we have to thank Eli Manning just because he really took something away from Brady. He stuck it to Tom Brady. And not only that, but we got to thank the helmet catch in that one too. That was one of the best catches, I think, in NFL history. That's literally a prayer. Yeah, that catch saved the Giants. They That catch won the Giants the game, basically, or else the Patriots probably would have won that. Yep, they were able to set up field goal range and... That's why the final score was Giants 17, Patriots 14. Yeah, overall, just a great game. Way to, way to stick it to Brady. I mean, uh, Eli Manning beat him twice in the playoffs. So without that, Brady would have eight Super Bowl rings, make, certifying him as the GOAT. I still think he's the GOAT, but a lot of people don't agree with that. Uh, they went down as the biggest upset in Super Bowl history, considering the circumstances of the per Patriots' pursuit of perfection. They would have had the perfect season. Uh, everything would have lined up perfectly. It would have been 19-0 that year. Yep. Uh, but the Giants upset them. And number one, the best Super Bowl of our of all time, in our opinion, was Super Bowl Fifty One: the Patriots and the Falcons. Now, people like to say that the Seahawks are the biggest choke in a playoff game, but I have to say this one by far. Yeah, Falcons are up twenty-eight to three. Twenty-eight to three. That infamous number still haunts Falcons fans to this day. Now, they would have gotten their first Super Bowl but they couldn't hold on to it. And the Patriots had a heartbreaking win in overtime for the Falcons. Uh, that was the greatest comeback in playoff history, I believe. And also it was the first and only overtime in Super Bowl history. I remember watching this game. I have a friend that, uh, he's a Patriots fan. And during halftime, he was super upset. We were all talking crap to him about how the Patriots are not gonna win and how the Falcons are gonna beat the Patriots. But man, they really came back. Uh, the defense really stepped up. Tom Brady, of course, stepped up. He played phenomenal football, especially in that fourth quarter. And just overall, what a heartbreaking loss for the Falcons, but just made such a good Super Bowl. Honestly, and 
we were talking about um, Holmes's toad. We were talking about Holmes's toe drag touchdown from the Steelers and Cardinals game. Now, this game featured two amazing catches. Um, one that's most remembered was Julian Edelman's yep. catch, like literally half an inch away from the ground the ball was it seemed like and edelman was able to scoop it up and that's the catch that everybody remembers but there's an even better catch and that was julio jones's catch on the sideline mm-hmm. he had little to no room to work with and he was able to drag in that toe and they got that final touchdown that they were able to get to send it into overtime but we all know how that story ended so now uh one more super bowl i wanted to mention kind of like as our number 11 spot uh the Patriots and Eagles is honestly an amazing Super Bowl. I think it was one of the best of the decade. Uh, the thing that really made that game special was just the Eagles getting their first Super Bowl ever. And it was just a great game. I mean, uh, both teams were in it the whole time. You got the Philly special, which is one of the most recognized uh, Super Bowl plays. Yeah, definitely one of the most iconic. Yeah, and that game was really in it to the very end. So that takes our honorable mention spot as well. And that concludes episode 21 of Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week to discuss the results of the Super Bowl and plenty more. Stay up to date with us on our social medias at Jake and Benny FB on Twitter, Jake and Benny's Backyard Football on Facebook, and Backyard Football Podcast on IG. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a wonderful week.